Welcome to today's discussion, Meeting the Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware. Now here's your host, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Donald Porman, Manager at Solutions Architecture GovPlace, and Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect at VMware. Gentlemen, how are you? Good afternoon. Good to be here. Thank you. Doing well, thanks. We're going to talk about storage today and some products are out there that can help our listeners. You know, provisioning storage can be time-consuming. Some organizations need to access third-party systems to accomplish this task. What efficiencies does Virtual SAN bring to the table, Jace? Well, I like to think that Virtual SAN, one of the biggest strengths about it is it's rooted in what we call storage policy-based management. Storage policy-based management is a feature within VMware vSphere that lets me individually carve uh, I'll say, let me carve up specific policies based on how I want to protect or how I want to, uh, uh, let's say, prescribe performance or whatnot for any individual workload. Uh, we've kind of moved away from the the traditional mechanism of carving up LUNs and pre- presenting file systems, those types of things. Really, each individual workload, and sometimes even more granular than that, we can go in and individually uh, uh, essentially set a policy specific to what we'd like for any individual application. You know, Donald, I've been around a, a few years here, and I remember uh, in order to get a server to get spun up, you'd have to go and, and almost like drag and find someone in the server room oh, and, yeah. and he, bunch of keys and, and ask them if he has five minutes after lunch and then pray you get it done that weekend. Blow I mean, the horn for Valhalla and right, all of I mean, that. Yep, is, it was really challenging at one time, wasn't it? And it time was. consuming. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the benefits that Virtual SAN brings to the table is that like what Jay said, storage used to be somewhat handled by another person in the data center, which is just yet another moving park that slows the whole process of provisioning down. In the case of Virtual SAN, you're able to co-locate your enterprise storage resources along with the virtual hosts themselves all into one contained unit, thus negating the need to constantly be at the mercy of the enterprise storage folks in your data center. And so, Jace, you can actually control this from one location rather than running down the hall and grabbing someone or going to a data center? That's correct. That's correct. All within the same vSphere UI. Now, because it's also API-driven, if we have, uh, let's say, ties into other cloud management platforms, such as our vRealize Automation Suite, we can do it uh, there, or we can do it simply from the UI. You know, years ago, as I go back to this, is uh, even if I found the system administrator, there are different systems within his little data center, and he may or may not know exactly what's going on with different revision levels of each one. This just in of itself, the different types of equipment gets challenging, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I, I'm a big fan of simplicity in the data center, and anything that can be unified under one common interface or one common methodology to deployment to me is a big thing, and I, I'm going to imagine that several federal customers can benefit from that as it relates to future revisions and refreshes of their technology out there. Jace, uh, what role does vSAN play when it comes to scaling for spikes of data, whether from big data sets or sensors that may be on aerospace vehicles? Well, I, I would say that specifically to vSAN and the way we scale, there are a couple of different ways we can approach it. We can either scale out by adding additional nodes. Let's say we need a, a much larger amount of compute, but maybe not additional storage at, at any particular point in time. We can scale out adding storage and compute simultaneously, or we can actually scale within a single platform. Let's say, for instance, we decided that we don't really need any additional compute. We just need to scale the, the amount of capacity. The great thing about this is, is we can immediately utilize that 
based on uh, deploying using the existing policies. We don't have to get with a storage admin and say, hey, I need an additional LUN carved up. I don't need an initial file system. I just go ahead and deploy another workload on top, and we will take, uh, I'll just say, uh, effective use of the uh, of the environment right away, right? So it's not anything we really have to do special. The scaling is important for many of our listeners. For example, if you just take the world of aerospace, you take uh, the Boeing 787, there's half a terabyte of data per flight that's generated. I mean, this is this is mm-hmm. really yeah. requires scaling, doesn't it? It does. Oh, yeah. It absolutely does. And I think scaling shouldn't be just an all-out expansion with no end in sight. I think there should be some control and measurement as it relates to scaling. And to work on top of something Jay said, I think the concept of granular scaling is a big thing here in that we can scale in a much smaller granular way and have some localized control over how that happens as opposed to playing mother may I to the storage folks and waiting in the case of some agencies four months for the storage to be provisioned. Four months, how about four minutes, Jace? I mean, well, <laughs> so, so specific to that, you know, I, I think the, the really great thing about, about vSAN or at least one of them, especially when it comes to, to scaling capacity, uh, if, if, it, uh, if we look at the traditional mechanisms of scaling storage, we would typically either have to add another shelf, add more drives specific to that shelf, that type of thing. Whereas with vSAN, if we, let's say as an example, just needed a, a little bit of, of scaling, in other words, a couple more drive, drives per node, whatnot, it's not nearly as hard to, to requisition that. It's not nearly as hard to, to have that procured and then immediately implemented as opposed to adding another, uh, let's say, uh, uh, DAE, you know, a direct attached enclosure, and then ensuring that we've got the right firmware so that's compatible with our storage system and so on. Right, because all of this is built on top of vSphere, uh, it's really easy to add those additional components as we grow. And if you think about it from, not to cut you off, but to think about it from the aggregation perspective of resources in a data center, being able to go that granular to expand the system has a subsequent positive impact on the cooling, power draw, all of the variables that data center managers care about. So instead of needing to scale to monstrous levels in very big measurement units, we can scale in much smaller units, thus lowering the amount of cooling and power and everything else that comes with working in the ecosystem. Let me add something there also, Don, Um, specific to the way we handle storage policies. It could be that initially we looked at a workload and we decided that mirroring was the right protection policy and performance policy for us. But then we may decide over the course of a life cycle of a particular application Mirroring may or may not necessarily be required, and then we can choose to go with erasure coding as an example. The great thing to keep in mind when it comes to storage policy-based management and vSAN is the fact that we can look at our workloads over time and determine at a later date, maybe we don't necessarily need to consume as much capacity. Maybe we can adjust a couple things here, a couple tweaks there, and really get a a more finely tuned and and more dynamic uh, storage platform. So, Jace, what you're telling me is you can dial up either compute or storage depending on the requirements, and you may be able to look at past situations or circumstances, and and then you don't have to waste any money with having too much storage that's not going to be used. Absolutely. dial that every data center manager wants. Well, I'd like to have one, too. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get you one for Christmas. (laughs) We're going to have to pause here for a short break. My guests today are Donald Porman, Manager Solutions Architecture GovPlace, and Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect at VMware. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Meeting Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Your department is in desperate need of IT infrastructure expansion, but your budget disagrees. Maybe there's still a solution. 
GovPlace, in strategic partnership with VMware, has a team of certified experts ready to deploy a custom solution within your budget to meet all of your IT needs, cloud, cybersecurity, IT automation. GovPlace combines the California culture of innovation with the Beltway reputation. It's different here. Let GovPlace work for you. Online at govplace.com. Welcome back to the discussion, Meeting Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Donald Porman, Manager Solutions Architecture at GovPlace, Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect VMware, and I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. You know, it's hard to observe all the time it takes to provision storage in an enterprise environment. You're talking about four months before the break. However, it is time-consuming and heavy on human interaction as well. Does automating provisioning reduce operator error as well, Jace? Hmm. Does it does it reduce operator error? Uh, I don't know if it necessarily reduces operator error in a traditional sense, but uh, I think it gives us a, a unique opportunity to be more standardized, right? And what I mean by that is, is is uh, in my career, and I was a customer before coming to uh, another vendor and then now at VMware for about two years, uh, in that time, it was, you know, we would go and we would grow storage, we would uh, add different arrays from different manufacturers and whatnot, and, and we would always, with the best intentions, decide, well, we'll do things this way now, we'll do things this way now, and that type of thing. And as a result, it, it got to a point where we weren't necessarily standardized across the board. And with, with VMware SPBM, storage policy-based storage policy management, uh, specifically how we manage vSAN, it really gives us an opportunity to, to better control as a whole, even though very, very granularly, the, uh, the policies that we, de- we decide to, uh, to assign to workloads, right? So uh, we're probably not going to run into any particular misconfiguration as far as uh, data placement, that type of thing, because we're, all, we're assigning everything based on policy. The system will check for the health of the of objects and compliance status and things like that. Uh, so I don't really think there's there's any in the, in the way of traditional sense, uh, you know, way of, of misconfiguring. Now, if someone chooses an incorrect policy, that's one thing, and that's kind of why I went down that route. But uh, the fact that we can, and I think of it especially from a government perspective, uh, and I spent some time uh, in the Air National Guard and communications, as well as working for a very large credit bureau, in the process of doing that. Uh, we always had to have, uh, uh, I would say, specifically reporting, um, you know, whether it be Sorbanes-Oxley compliance or, uh, you know, other types of, of compliance, whether it be STIG compliance, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and, and really being able to control a policy as well as being able to report on that policy gives us the capability of, of ensuring that we meet the requirements of either the workload or a compliance requirement or, or whatnot. So, Donald, what are your views on automating? Well, I think automation is critical for making the whole process more efficient. I don't think you'll ever eliminate the chance of human error being a possibility in anything as long as people are still involved. But the key, I think the key thought there with what Jace just said is the idea of standardization. I think many, many organizations and enterprises have been at the behest of bolt-on technology and bolt-on mentality as it relates to everything being a one-off. And over time, that becomes unsustainable, obviously. So I think the idea of automation brings to bear this concept of forcing standardization back into the operations. So while its impact on human error may be 
somewhat marginal, it will have a large impact on the overall efficiency on how a data center is operated and how quickly, like you mentioned at the break, how quickly workloads can be delivered to end consumers. Yeah, clearly important. And the systems that have more than one type of hardware may require extensive cross-training that's time-consuming. Also, getting a bird's-eye view of system information may not be possible with different types of hardware. Mm -hmm. What options does vSAN provide for federal users to see what's going on? I, I think at the time when I was uh, when I was a customer, both in the civilian sector as well as uh, in the military, and every time we would let's say trans uh, uh, migrate from a, from one particular storage platform to another storage platform, platform, we always had to relearn the uh, the element management. We didn't necessarily know all the different places to look for data that we were accustomed to gathering that type of thing. Uh, with vSAM, we do present all of this information from the vSphere web client. Now, with that being said. It's important also to understand that when it comes to managing the overall environment, whereas before I would have to uh, do some, let's say, provisioning within within uh, the web client, and then also from a storage perspective, I would have to go into whatever element management platform I've got, whether it be uh, you know any of the store, traditional storage vendors out there. Uh, by presenting everything from within the vSphere web client, it gives us a really easy, uniform place not only to handle procuring and deployment, uh, on the platform, but we also report metrics specific to the performance, latencies, and other pieces specific to uh, any application. Yeah. So it's a, a single one-stop shop, especially, especially when it comes to vSAN, for looking at not only the provisioning, the deployment, but also the performance. And if you look at the history of VMware, how it started, the, the whole concept of VMware out of the gate was to present a layer of abstraction to not necessarily make the underlying hardware irrelevant, but that the hardware itself should be somewhat replaceable without even thinking about it if that layer of abstraction with VMware was in place and solid enough. And I think they've taken the same concept with vSAN as it relates to storage. It's now not just a layer of abstraction for the operating systems of the virtual machines themselves, but the storage itself is also abstracted. So you, over time, don't have the necessary moving parts that come with changing vendors as far as storage is concerned or needing to learn different element managers and things along those lines. Again, heading down the path of standardization, which makes things more efficient. No, Jace, insider threat is all of the news. Agencies must concern themselves with efficiency as well as security. What role does vSAN play in protecting data at rest? So um, I'm happy to say that as of vSAN 6.6, which we released in April of this year, April of 2017, uh, we did also add a, a new feature with our enterprise vSAN licensing called uh, vSAN encryption. It's really our vSAN data, data encryption at rest um, uh, feature, if you will. Now, if you look at some of the different uh, encryption strategies out there, uh, we've got some other players in the HCI space and some pl other players in the traditional space that will will leverage what we call self-encrypting drives. And what those essentially protect uh, any organization from is from someone walking out with a drive with data on it. Now, if I, as a rogue virtualization admin, decide that I want to connect to the console and download a powered-off VM or a copy of VM and, and download it to a USB device with self-encrypting drives, it doesn't really protect me much. Mm. Now, with vSAN encryption, that VM is encrypted if it's residing on the vSAN data store. We also have another feature called VM encryption, which is specifically per, per VM. Works a little bit similar or very similar to vSAN encryption, but, uh, but similar, and it protects against that USB theft. We're going to pause here for a short break. My guests today are Donald Porman, Manager Solutions Architecture GovPlace, Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect at VMware. 
I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Meeting Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Your department is in desperate need of IT infrastructure expansion, but your budget disagrees. Maybe there's still a solution. GovPlace, in strategic partnership with VMware, has a team of certified experts ready to deploy a custom solution within your budget to meet all of your IT needs, cloud, cybersecurity, IT automation. GovPlace combines the California culture of innovation with the Beltway reputation. It's different here. Let GovPlace work for you online at govplace.com. Welcome back to the discussion, Meeting Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Donald Porman, Manager Solutions Architecture GovPlace, and Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect at VMware. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. You know, Don, uh, most people think that encryption will cause a performance hit for storage systems. Is this the case with vSAN? I wouldn't say performance hit. I would say there is overhead that's associated with the process of encryption. But the good news is with vSAN, I think the measurement as far as overhead has been concerned has been 1% to 2% at most. The good news being is that there's a, there's a part of the Intel chipset where, VM, where vSphere runs where there's encryption offloading that's tied to the processor itself. So this chipset's been available for several years, and now vSAN is able to leverage that for its encryption needs. Which, Still helping hand from the hardware. Yeah, it, it absolutely it minimizes the overhead need. Jace, uh, how does VMware HCI align security-wise with a more secure operational tempo? We talked about scale before. Now you mm-hmm. worry about tempo as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll specifically say VMware HCI, which is a combination of vSphere, and vSAN, right? The combination of the two. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say as of our 6.2 version, uh, we're now actually part of a published and available DISA-STIG uh, framework, if you will. Um, I will say that 6.5 and 6.6, 6.5 and 6.6 have not been uh, updated yet. We're currently working on that. But the important thing to keep in mind and consider there is as uh, as whether it be a federal security, you know, whether it be military, civilian, or or even the the private or the the, the private sector goes uh, relying on some of the guidelines specific to a disastig. We're really the only HCI vendor that is, in fact, the first and only HCI vendor that has worked with DISA to be part of a disastig framework. Uh, the only one. Also, we have customers we're working with now who are applying the HCI solution to provide a FedRAMP-oriented environment as well as it relates to the cloud purchasing model that, that's out there for everybody, too. Mm-hmm. Donald, we're talking about encryption. Let's move beyond data at rest here. Sure. Some cybersecurity professionals will argue that a standardized desktop can include standard systems that are patched and can limit attacks from bad actors. Where where does vSAN fit in with this whole VDI idea? I think, again, the standardization and the integration with vSphere provides almost an an instant fast lane springboard to be able to deploy VMware Horizon, which is their virtual desktop environment. The product is built very well to work within the performance parameters that Horizon wants. And again, if we eliminate the number of moving parts that come into managing the ecosystem to serve that up, it becomes easier for us to secure it as well. I'd like to add something to that as well. Um, Specifically, when it comes to consumption of vSAN and consumption of virtual desktops, 
Uh, we do have what we call the Horizon bundles, the advanced yeah. and enterprise bundles that do actually include vSAN as part of the licensing today. Right, so it's it's not we don't necessarily look at look at it from the same perspective of we've got to buy compute, we've got to buy storage, we've got to license those, we've got to license users, so on and so forth. With vSAN in conjunction with the Horizon bundles, we now have uh, essentially I can scale out as wide as I want across as many um, I'll say uh, scale out across as many nodes of compute as we need to meet our our user requirements. So it's one of those included in the cost. Yeah, and it's got a really predictable, stable licensing model mm -hmm. with that, yeah. which is very attractive to many people. You know, many agencies are going to have their budgets maybe uh, pulled back a little bit this year. Mm -hmm. So what impact does virtual desktop infrastructure have on maintenance costs for federal agencies? I, I think of the, uh, back when I uh, was working with, with Don years and years ago, I think about uh, the telecommuting, if you will, you know, where I had a, a company issued laptop and, and uh, you know, anytime I had an issue specific to that, I would have to package that up, ship it back. I'd be offline for a few days. I wouldn't necessarily be uh, productive during that time, if you will. With virtual desktops, it's very easy for me to go and, and deploy a, uh, a, new, a new workspace, if you will, to a, to a uh, end user very quickly. And if, a, if standardization wise, uh, something changes, I can easily roll that out as well. I remember my time in the military uh, where we had some standard desktops and a patch was pushed out we realized that that patch was not necessarily an appropriate patch and we had to spend a couple of days rolling everything back, you know, so from a, from a, an operational yeah. and time consuming uh, tempo uh, it's quite easy to, to roll back a patch very quickly to a massive amount mm -hmm. of systems simultaneously. So a combination of more efficient for our end users, but significantly more efficient for our, our, um, our server admins, our virtualization admins, that type and of thing. And I think from a security perspective, you also contain the sphere of control. When mm -hmm. you think about mm -hmm. Jace taking the laptop and going away, it could get stolen in the subway, it could be right. left behind at an airport, whereas with a virtual desktop instance, it stays contained inside of your data center, which has its own controls mm -hmm. and potentially could be sitting on vSAN with its encryption and everything else. And I can, at the same time, uh, decide to have uh, desktops destroy themselves upon uh, upon completion or uh, uh, end of the session. Like Mission uh, Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't have to necessarily worry if there's any malware or anything like that, that that happens to get in the system. Once the user logs off, then then that's effectively destroyed. Yeah. You know, Don, I casually mentioned about the budgets for agencies. They really don't know up or down. No one really knows, and that's the whole idea behind these virtualized systems is that you know the workload demand could go up or down or yeah. be unpredictable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think to, to wrap around to some of the things that we've talked about with relationship to the standardization or the granularity of control and scale, that's ultimately what we're talking about as it relates to the HCI solution from VMware with both vSphere and vSAN, that it gives us a lot easier method to be able to scale up and down as the workload demand happens without crazy impact on the budget. It's great that you say that specifically to scale down. Yeah. Right? Scale I've been down. involved with many, many different, um, uh, um, I'll say opportunities, if you will, in the past seven years where we would have to size something just a particular way, just to meet a minimal requirement, or we would have to size it another way just to meet the ability to grow. vSAN actually works very well from two nodes all the way up to 64 nodes in a single cluster. We can manage more than, you know, more than one cluster, the important thing is, is is we scale down easily and very cost effectively, as well as scale up and scale out. And when you say scale down, though, I think I heard just a million system operators say, yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it does. It does. It, it does happen with vSAN. They all groan and roll their eyes. It does happen with vSAN. I'd like to thank today's guests, Donald Porman, Manager of Solutions Architecture, GovPlace, 
Jace McCarty, Staff Technical Marketing Architect of VMware. I'm John Gilroy, host of Federal Tech Talk on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search data security. Listen to the entire discussion, Meeting Government's Data Security Mission, sponsored by GovPlace and VMware at federalnewsradio.com. 